All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the eye test. Uh, this is Sean. Yo, what's going on? I'm Mark. All right, All right man. We we're gonna uh, get into some topics today: NBA, NFL. You know the whole shebang. For right now, though, we're gonna start off our uh, topics today with the 76ers and the injuries that um, Embiid and Simmons have taken on over these past few days and how it's going to affect their situation as far as uh, having success in the playoffs for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. You're you doing air quotes already, man. What's, what's the deal? Nah, I'm just <laughs> air quoting the word success. It's hilarious. I, hey, man. Hey, I just <laughs> – look, look. People expect things from these guys. Uh, and B has uh, – you know what? You know what? Let's just talk about the injuries first, Okay. <laughs> So, okay. so um, Embiid, I'm going to start off with Embiid, even though he was the latest injury. Um, he has an ankle injury. Uh, they say it's not that bad. They say it, might, it shouldn't be a hindrance to him in the playoffs. But if you know anything about Embiid, with somebody that's typically out of shape and then already deals with injuries all the time, I don't care if they say that it's a minor ankle injury <laughs> and then that, that it should be okay. That's something that can nag. I mean, you got a seven footer that's on his feet running up and down the court because they want him to run, you know, run the brakes, do all these things. I'm trying to figure out what they are really expecting from well, an MB that is injured. According to that. Well, look, according to him, um, anybody that says that, oh, he's out of shape, and this, that, and the third, they don't know shit about basketball. That's that's according to him, which he just basically – like, he was on J.J. Reddick's uh, podcast, Inside the Bubble, and that's pretty much what he said um, on the podcast, talking about, like, when dealing with questions about his – his um him being in shape and not only that but then he went on to set uh to to uh talk about like him running sideline to sideline and impact and basically it kind of seemed like he was just putting it basically saying i can't play inside because somebody else requires to like they have to play inside. Basically, it sounded in a roundabout sense like he was blaming Ben Simmons on the podcast uh, for the reason why he he stands around on a perimeter all day. Um, well, here's his chance. Here's his chance. Yeah, the, exactly. Now, now that Ben is injured um, – and I guess we'll get into that. But now that Ben is injured, this is basically his chance to give to be that guy that that dominates on the inside because Ben's not in your way of of being able to stay on the inside and stuff like that. But you know, me personally, I just think Joel Embiid is full of excuses, which I've alluded to before. You did so, and I didn't. I didn't want to go down that path that day, but today, come on, man. I'm just trying to figure out what his excuse is going to be now that Ben Simmons is gone and it's him and it's his show. Uh, I really want to well, know his what his excuse, excuse is going to be. be for... That he doesn't have 
Ben Simmons. No, you can't. You can't have it both ways, man. He can't be the reason why you're underperforming, and then also be the reason why you're underperforming when he's there and when he's gone. It's it's one of the two. Like either he's there and it's causing you to underperform, or he's not there and it's causing you to under, well, underperform. It can't I, be both, man. Well, actually, well, you. I don't know if you remember, but I'm glad to remind everyone out there that last year his excuse for not playing well uh, was Jimmy Butler. Uh, the addition of Jimmy Butler and that uh, Jimmy Butler was so bald. Essentially, he was saying that he had to get used to his new role um, because he's not getting the ball the same way that he was getting it um, the year prior. And which and but he said this in a media interview. So essentially, this is him complaining to the media that he doesn't get the ball enough for him to be able to be the player that he was. And then, and then, and after that interview, the Sixers kind of did it about face and Jimmy Butler was less, was less, much less ball dominant than he was prior to that being on that team. And this year, um, he also on a JJ Reddick podcast, he says, basically he was out of it. He was not, um, he was not the player that he usually is because uh, – What is the player that he usually is? That's what I want to know. Look, what, please tell me. I mean, when he says I'm not the, I am was, not I wasn't the player that I usually am, I don't know what player he thinks he usually is, but the player that I know him to be is the inconsistent dude that right. shows up some nights and then shows up and then doesn't show up the other night. Well, so, I think what – I think, well, what the issue is is that he thinks he's far more – consistent and plays far better than um than he normally does and i don't and that's not necessarily to say that he plays bad or he doesn't but it's like it's very unenthused basketball um elite particularly from him this year and he says that it was because the because of the changes to the team and stuff like that with jj Reddick being gone. I just Jimmy Butler being gone. Like there's this dude is just full of excuses, man. Like he's like he is the excuse king right now inside. Bro, I'm I'm believe I'm believing it. I'm I'm believing it at this point. And to be honest with you, man, like so he's so he's got all these excuses, man. He's look the one thing I know. And now he has a new excuse, my ankle. So great, cool. Yeah. So the one thing I do know about him is that. He is – he's going to be without Ben Simmons, and he has the platform. He has the floor. I've seen what Ben, Sim- what ben Simmons does when Embiid's not there. Right. And I'll be honest with you. Offense runs smoothly. Great product. He, put, he puts up his points. He doesn't need to – at that point, you don't care about him taking jump shots because he's just taking it to the hoop and the lane is clear. So, because of that, we don't care about it. Like, I'm well, just saying yeah. Ben Sim- Look, I have an honest question on for you. Um, why can't they get that together about the lane being clear? Like, how is it that how is it that teams in years past have existed with a power forward and a center? Like, they've existed with big men, and other teams in years past have existed with like big, bigger, small forwards and a power forward and a center. But yet somehow today, 
it's like, oh, it's just too many big men in the middle. Like, what are you talking? Like, I don't Bobby. understand how. Well, to be real with you, man, like, it's not even about how many people's there. Like, this is, you got to understand, these coaches these days, they want their people to drive the lane, but they want it to be wide open. Back in the day, all you need was a crack. You know what I'm saying? All you need was a little crevice to slide in there. Guys like Russ Westbrook, Dame, Dame Lillard, like, those guys just need a crack. They don't need it to be completely clear. Like, Portland's out there playing, got guys playing iso ball where you know if Dame gets the ball at the top of the key and he's taking somebody off, so you know he somebody might they're going to try to collapse. You know they're going to try to collapse on him and try to get him. You know send some guys at him when he gets to the basket. James Harden, it happens all the time. They take that ri- They used to take that risk with Clint Capella on the back end. They didn't care. They're still going to send a big man at you. The problem is that is the scenario they want. They want the lane to be completely clear, free and clear. And they want it to be to where if they send a big man, you have a you have a stretch four, stretch five open on the on the uh, baseline or for the corner three. Like this is what they want. They want it to be more clear. They're just like, no, it's not acceptable that there's still one or two guys that are kind of close by already. We want them coming off of a shooter. That's the problem. Like like. Guys like Russ, guys like AI, it didn't, didn't matter. You just well, right now you're Kobe, only Kobe, Kobe right Kobe. now you're only describing smaller individuals. Kobe, these dudes are Kobe. Kobe's a bigger guy. Well, Kobe. What's the problem with not six ten and seven? I know what you're saying, but Ben Simmons is a guy that's playing like a point guard. Okay, he's that's playing fair. like a small guy. He is best served slashing. He you you, you treat him the way that. Uh, Miami treated D Wade when LeBron came. When, Le- mm-hmm. when LeBron came there, they're like, "No, we got." People said back then you couldn't have two slashers. They had two slashers before they got all the shooters. Remember that first year, they made it work somehow with that first year, right? You know, like so. To me, it's like, nah, man. If you can make it happen, the well, problem is people just don't. People look at it and say, "If I have Ben Simmons on the block, I mean, if I have Embiid on the block." Even if he steps out, let's say if Embiid steps out to the elbow or he steps out like maybe like five, six feet off of the baseline, you know, they, they'll, still, they'll still say, okay, he's too close. In today's NBA game, they said the defender that is guarding Embiid is too close. Well, I don't think he's too close. If Ben Simmons is that good at taking the ball to the hoop, that shouldn't disturb him. Okay. Well, here's um... – some thoughts that I have about that, uh, because as you were talking, I thought about it a little bit more. Um, one thing that I would like to see, I mean, obviously we're not going to get it this year because Ben Simmons is done, but what it would be nice to see is them actually run a play from, instead of Joel and B running from, uh, from sideline to sideline, how about you take it from baseline to to the block and then and and then come back out to the side like come back out to the sideline when Ben is when Ben is slashing and so you're moving in that transition and if they so if they collapse on Ben you are the immediate kick out and because you're you have the ability to shoot you have the ability to shoot the three or shoot an outside shot you have a wide open shot as a center on the outside instead of 
instead of you running sideline to sideline, like you have no idea what to do, you could easily just be in the middle. And then, so that way, so that way the natural instinct of your defender is to switch to Ben Simmons because he sees him slashing inside. And now you step out and you yeah. step out and you're wide open for the pass. Like that's a Ben slip. Simmons is a good enough. He's a, a good enough. He's one of the best when it comes to court vision and it comes to passing. Right. He'll get the ball to you. He'll get the ball to you. Don't worry about it. There's not a it's not a level of difficulty that Ben Simmons can't handle when it comes to that type of gameplay. Now, I just don't now I don't know if that's a coaching issue or what, but I mean, I feel as though the coach needs to be gone anyway. He like he shouldn't have been the coach past the Boston series, which is another thing that I brought up before. But um it is what it is. Um these guys, they have to figure it out somehow. Um, and another issue with that could be with um, – because I almost lost my point, but the other issue that I had there was that Ben Simmons may also need the wide open lane because they don't want him going through the free throw line. Um, Ooh, that is a good point. That is a, that's a great point. But – but this is the thing, man. This is my this is my problem with with that theory, is you don't want him going to the three point line, right? What happened? Or free free throw? My bad, free throw line. Mm. Nobody wanted Shaq going to the free throw line, but guess what? They still dumped it down to him, knowing that people are going to foul him. You know why? Because eventually you run out of fouls that you can give. Yes. That's just what it is. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Because let's if they could foul Ben Simmons five times and have him miss all his free throws, but on that sixth one, now you win the penalty. You can't right. foul anybody else. Like you you can play up to that. You can exactly. play up to that. Whether I mean he can miss his, that's fine. Then then you start drawing up plays for other people to go to the hoop after that. Whatever you need to do, or you put this, that's when you go to um and beat on the block and say you guys are going to have to foul him or double team him. Right. And these are all, you know I what mean, I mean? These are all, it's all things. kinds of strategies, man. Yeah. These are all things that could be happening. Had they had a competent coach. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem as though they do. Um, and, but back to the injury thing about the Sixers, um, you were saying, um, who else oh. about well, it's ben All right, Simmons let's talk injury. about yeah Ben Simmons with his knee injury. They found a loose, basically loose particle. They said basically it sounds like a piece of his kneecap chipped off, and it's floating in his knee, and they had to go retrieve it. Okay, mm-hmm. and I've met people that have dealt with cracked kneecaps. Um, that's not too bad of a thing, but anytime they got a scope, your shit like you're gonna be gone for a while. You know, so it takes time to heal. It doesn't matter. I I don't really care. if they, Once they said that this guy's going to be pretty much be gone for the playoffs, it doesn't matter at this point, okay? Ben Simmons injured. These guys have been injured long enough. I mean, Ben Simmons has been doing pretty good lately, but, you know, it is what it is. Bad timing. They just moved from the power forward. This is happening. Now it's like, what do they do? Do they go back to the way the offense was ran before? I mean, I don't know what I don't know what um the coach has in, in mind. I don't know what the Brown has in ran, mind. Like what it, like what was before. 
And what is like, well, what, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm saying is, they don't, but they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody to do that. Does what Ben Simmons, what Ben Simmons does, right? They don't. Re, I mean, in the in in who they moved to point card just now. Once again, he's in. He's kind of in a newer situation. He's running the Shake offense going. now. Now Ben, now Ben Simmons ain't there, so now it's another new thing. Like it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of, you know, this is where you get to see whether or not a coach is good. Can you adjust? Oh, um, we we already Can know that adjust? he's not good, so it doesn't Look, even man, matter. I, either way, um, this I, I don't know if this is going to have any bearing on the future of the Sixers because I just see this in worst case scenario. What happens? They do bad. They actually fire the coach. You know, um, and then well, they split up. I mean, I think right now, I personally feel as though anything short of a um, anything short of a second round, actually not even a second round, anything short of a Eastern Conference Finals exit is is going to get him fired. Um, now he now somebody might try to shoot him bail because Ben is injured, but. Here's the thing. Elton Brand, who is the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm pretty sure he wants to keep his job. And you don't keep your job if your franchises continue to lose and in or remain stagnant in the same position. And stagnant, what, because everybody's passing them by while they stand still. Right. So basically what happened, what's going to happen is we – this team, we what we've seen so far, it seems like they are getting by on their talent. And it just seems to me that the rest of the East is catching up. They like they they were talented, so they were getting to a certain point. Like, of course, so yeah, you're gonna win a lot, you're gonna win 40 something games in the East. Okay, you can yeah. win 50 something games in the East being talented but in the playoffs where the talent is more concentrated now you're falling short and so because you need something more than just talent at that point and let's be honest mark the people talk about how the teams in the east are are worse like collectively than the west that may be true and the west has more talent player wise but the one thing that the east seems to have is coaching Right. They have all the better coaches in the East. So even if you think that team is less talented and even if you think that team isn't as good, when you get to the playoffs, it, it, it really shows that, hey, there is coaching here. If right. you do not have a coach, your team will fall short of expectations. Yeah. Because we've bro- seen with, with Toronto every year playing Cleveland – and then what happens? You go, you go get Nick Nurse, and Nick Nurse is a coach, and all of a sudden they look like they look like a different team, even though they're having the same amount of success. You can just right. see that there's a difference, you know. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like right now, they you could you could have all the talent in the world, but when you're going up against the, that level of coaches on the in the in the Eastern Conference, then what are you going to do? Because uh, Miami is a Miami is a problem right now. Yeah, well, absolutely. So. absolutely. Like, because we, what we've seen was Nick Nurse being in Toronto. Um, it seems like um, Kyle Lowry seems to be a little bit more 
well, not just a little bit. He just seems to be a better player. And he's way more consistent. Yes. So we, we can't even call, we couldn't, we, we had to stop calling him playoff Lowry last season. Yeah. Because of what he did in the playoffs. It was ridiculous. I was like, wait a minute. I, I just watched Kyle Lowry drop like 32 points. When does that happen? 35 points in a, in a, in a, in where he carried the team offensively. When does that happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, but he's got, he's got them playing, man. Yeah. But yeah. So in the playoffs where you see the Brad Stevens, the Nick nurse, the Eric Spolstra's and of think and teams of that nature, it, it gets kind of difficult for you to just get by on talent alone yeah. because that's when the teams are actually scheming against your talent. And you need to have a plan B, a plan C, all the way to a plan F. So Yeah. You have um, a plan, but also be able to make the adjustments because Toronto made the adjustments that they needed to during the 76ers series. People forget. Like it was it, they were like, well, okay, we're gonna have to play, we're gonna have to play Mark Mark Gasol more. We're gonna have to figure out ways to get Mark Gasol and Ibaka on the court at the same time. They they made a lot of changes during that series that helped them against the um against the Bucks. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of those changes helped them against the Warriors as well. But that's something that is like, hey, we lost badly. We need to go back to the drawing board and not do what we did last night, you know? And those are the things, like them coming back with a new game plan anytime they notice a chink in their own armor, that's something That's something that some of these coaches aren't doing, coaches like Brett Brown. So, Well, yeah. I mean, that's – you right on with that. But uh speaking of moving on and speaking of uh players, I just wanna let's instead of talking about players that are underachieving like uh Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, because don't get it wrong, Ben Simmons was underachieving prior to the injury. So like anybody that's out there like he's injured, how are you gonna say he's underachieving? No, nah, that dude was trash prior to the injury. So um, he wasn't doing great. No, no, he was not. Um, so let's talk about the players that are doing great. And um, like TJ Warren, man, uh, TJ Warren has been putting on a spectacle. And honestly, for me, I at first when I was watching it, I was like, OK, he did it to the Sixers. That's cool, I guess. And then it was like, okay, he did it to this team. They're not good. That's cool, I guess. And then, like, you know, eventually he got to the Lakers, and I was like, oh, cool. It, like, that was, I'm like, all right, now I got to put some respect on his name. He did it to the Lakers? All right. But it seems like he came back down to earth yesterday um, against the Heat. Um because Indiana didn't have it against the Heat. They lost 114 to 92. Um, I guess my question to you is, do you think that Warren's um, bubble play is an aberration, or is that more indicative of him stepping into another gear and being able to access that gear? I honestly think it's both. I also think it's a combination of just being having the talent already there, but never really um, 
never really get into that level of play because there's a lot of guys that can score at will or that have the talent to do things. And then when they get to the NBA level, it just doesn't translate for whatever reason where they can't seem to figure out how to get off in that way. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's – I'm not going to sit here and just say it's an aberration. I think he's had the talent. He's had the talent already to be able to do some of the things that he's doing. Um, it's sometimes things just click, man. And I feel like it just clicked for him in the, in this bubble situation. I think the environment and the atmosphere of the bubble is also helping him focus. The environment of the thing. bubble. Uh, you want to be more specific to that? Um, what What is it exactly that's helping these players focus? Oh man, you gotta you gotta think, man. So you you cut off from you cut off from a lot of the world. You mentioned the whole groupies thing, you know. So you got that whole thing, the nightlife. They're not going downtown to go party before games. They're not doing any of that stuff. They really, it's like they're in a they're they're not just in a physical bubble. They're in a bubble mentally, man. They're in a space where they are just separated from yeah. the hustle and bustle of being an NBA player. They don't have to. They don't have to travel. They're just there. They don't have. They're not jet lagged. They're not. There's a lot of these situations to where the great players just they adjust. The yeah. great players, it, it the jet lag did never affected them. These things never affected them. That's why you see guys like LeBron James, whose numbers didn't rise. They didn't drop either, but they didn't rise. It's just he's playing the way he normally does because that stuff never affected him in the first place. But yeah. now you have guys like TJ Warren or, you know, I'm not even going to say Booker because, you know, Booker's a walking bucket. But, but you know, you have guys like TJ Warren that are able to play – above the level that they're typically playing at because like I, like I said, I think they're in a situation where just they're, they're focused. There's less distractions. Well, it's not taking them back, taking no them back to middle school, like it's, it's taking yeah, them back to middle just, school where all they did was eat and sleep basketball. Now they're back to, yeah. they're back to that. They're back to that's that being their focus and not all the other stuff that's going on out in the world for most yeah. of them, at least. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about Donovan Mitchell though, because um, there's there's re- there's reports out there that he left his IG on, and uh, people heard sex sounds <laughs> coming from his uh, from his live stream. So I don't know what he got going on in the bubble. I don't know. Maybe him and Dwight Look. had a long night at the uh, NBA, <laughs> oh, come at on, the man. NBA pool parties. Yeah, nah, I don't know. <laughs> um, or maybe, you know, he could have just been on Pornhub and the volume was too loud. Hey, Amen. <laughs> you know I what I – you know, maybe it was Pornhub. Maybe it's what I said before, Mark. I, we had this conversation before about the bubble, and I said if there's a will, there's a way. Somebody will figure it out, Mark. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Maybe that Postmates delivery wasn't a Postmates delivery. I don't know. <laughs> but I can but I can tell you this. Like, um, if it does happen to be something of that nature where he actually did have somebody in there, I mean, you got you still gotta understand there's still there's still reporters, there's still staff yeah. that have access to these places. I'm just saying, you know, anything can happen when it comes to that. So it's very possible. Yeah, you know? some of some of these reporters are quite fine. 
Hey, man, look, I'm just saying you, you, you get a bunch of people cooped up in a situation like that where they're cut off from the outside world. We've both been on deployments. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. te- tensions, tensions can rise. You know what I'm saying? Tensions can get pretty high out there. You know what I'm saying? After a, fu- after a couple of months, you know, everything, everything start to look good. Yeah, I feel you. Um, but yeah, man, um, back to what we were saying before, before we got a little bit off topic. Well, I mean, it's kind of off topic. I mean, on topic, we wanted to talk about it. We wanted to mention it. Yeah. But yeah, like players like TJ. Um, and then you like then you have uh, Devin Booker, who seems to have, like he is a walking bucket indeed, but there's a little bit more sauce on it. It seems like, yes, here, like so it seems yes. like inside the bubble. There's he a seems, little bit. More. He seems like one of the most comfortable players right now when it comes to bubble play. He is just in his comfort zone right now. Like I feel like he could drop fifty every night. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, huh, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned somebody scoring 50 every night because uh, one player that scored 61 tonight uh, just an hour, hour or two ago, um, Damian Lillard, man, scored 61. Like, and I just want to speak to Damian Lillard's play, not just Damian Lillard's play, but Portland's play in the bubble, man. That team, man. That is a if they. I really hope that they maintain the eighth seed because if they do, that is a scary eighth seed. Like, because you we hot know, right now too. Yeah, we know that we know how they got there was because of different injury concerns and Dame missing time and all this other stuff. Um, so we know how they got to having to fight for the eighth seed, but. That's a scary AFC, and I'd much rather see them in that position than Memphis or Phoenix because we pretty much know how it's going to go. If if Memphis plays the Lakers, that's a dub. And if Phoenix plays the Lakers, that's a dub. And now more than likely, if Portland goes in there and they uh, play the Lakers, more than likely that's a dub as well. But – it's an intriguing dub. Like, like I'm, Look, man, I'm really looking I, forward to it. I don't – if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to play any team that has a point guard that could drop 50. I'm just saying, I don't want, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? At all. Not with, uh, not, with, not with Avery Bradley and Rondo not there. Like, I'm not – that's not something I want. You can't, you can't put Danny Green on everybody. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they start if, – if Dame starts hitting jumpers – you know, it, like this is this is the problem with with dealing with Portland right now. If Dame is going to play like this, and Melo is going to play like this, and you still got to deal with Leonard, and you still, you know, what I'm saying like like if 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 Melo is going to come in and give get you 25, you can't have Dame going off for 61. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't have that. Like it's it's going to be a problem for it would be a problem for a lot of teams, man. Like it's just it's mellow. I will say this. I will like to shout out mellow man because like his play, his play and his efficiency within the bubble right now, um, 
it's been pretty outstanding. And because of that, I believe that's a big part of their success is you're, you're, you're getting 25 points, you know, here and there from a guy that you're expecting 18 from. Yeah. I, unlimited, honestly, unlimited minutes. I like shout out to Dame at 750 because he's a staunch uh, Carmelo Anthony supporter and and Carmelo Anthony's paying dividends right now. So he's looking like a real smart guy out there. I just wish <laughs> definitely. I just wish that my man Russ got this version of Carmelo, this focused version of Carmelo Anthony when Carmelo was in OKC. Because maybe when Russ was dropping 46 in game six, he could have dropped more than seven points. I don't know. That would have been dope. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been dope. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, But I feel as though sometimes players need – like they need that fall – that fall from grace a little bit to refocus and it seems like that's what come it seems like Carmelo Anthony had a lot of that going on um like just from what we've seen in the media personal life wise and and on the court so and it seems like he was a he's been able to refocus and it and it shows it shows in his play man you know what I think, though, also? I think it's a definitely a match made in heaven with Portland just because, you know, by the time they got mellow, he had already been – I don't want to have to – I don't like using the word humbled, but let's just say that he is in a different mind, frame, mind state, you know, a different frame of mind when they got him. He was a little bit more in the mode of, you know what, I need to work on some things to make sure – that I'm getting the opportunities that I feel like I deserve. And then at the same time, Portland is also like, look, these other teams are asking you to play outside of yourself. We're not even going to ask you to play outside of yourself. We're going to create a a situation. We're going to create situations for you to play ISO ball the way that you like to on the block, on the baseline, you know, you know, turn around you on the elbow, you know what I'm saying? Like, they they said they basically said yes we're going to ask you to adjust a little bit because there's going to be times when we run the offense through through peep through you know this most of the time we're going to be running offense through Dame but we really want you to be on the court while Dame is there but then other times with the with the second unit we need you to go out there and lead and, and at that point you know we just need you to do what you do like they 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 were smart about it in saying that we watched two other teams fail by not, by not, you know, adjusting the system to fit him in it. Instead of just putting all the onus on him to change, Portland's like, yo, we could do this 50-50. We'll, we'll work well, it out. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I think that was probably a situation of circumstance as well. Um, yes. But because, I'm, as I'm saying, if this both met at the right time. At because, the, you know, yeah, because I also think that, the the adjustment probably wouldn't have happened had Dame not missed any time. Or you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain there's yeah. certain things where like he wouldn't have got that chance to probably possibly wouldn't have got that same chance to shine had Dame not missed any time and everything. They probably would have been like, look, you just gotta fit in where we are because this is what we are. But 
but now, well, then, but they're still kind of an ISO team, you know. They yeah. run a lot of ISO, so I mean, it's yeah, it's so still that, in general, yeah, it's still going to fit for him, you know. Yeah, for, uh, a thousand percent. You you are correct, yeah. but um, but yeah, man, um, I'm hoping that they're the team that's in the AFC. And got a question for you, man. AFC, what are the Lakers going to do, buddy? Play defense, interior defense. And in, in, in basically force LeBron and AD to carry them, you know what I'm saying? And then hopefully get a couple of games out of Danny Green to where he goes off. I don't I, – I like, I don't understand. Like Kyle, like, Kyle Kuzma, you know, is going to be Kyle Kuzma for the most part. But, you know, I don't know. Do you want to jump into the Kyle Kuzma topic now since we're kind of mentioning him here? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess because because he was another player. He was another player that has shown what he's going. Uh, he's shown that he's going to play, and apparently, if Jesus was in front of him, he's going to shoot that shot. Um, yes. <laughs> now, I Mamba just found, mentality. Yeah, like I, but at the same time, is it really though? Is it really Mamba mentality? No, it's, like, it's not. Because if he was, if it was Mamba mentality, he'd be playing defense. But no, because no, <laughs> I guess from my standpoint, it's more so because I'm asking that from the standpoint of given how much time was on the clock and in the situation, you yes, you have you have to shoot that ball. I don't I don't care if Hakeem Olajuwon is in front of you. I don't care who's in front of you. The situation required – I don't care who has the ball in their hands. With the amount of time left on the clock, you have to shoot that ball because you can't afford to another pass at that point. You you have to shoot. Like, so it didn't matter who was in front of you. But, I'm pretty sure if there was more t- – because I'm pretty sure if there was more time on the clock with bowl, bowl, long, lanky, lanky self up there, he probably would have been like, oh, let me see if I could get a better – if I could get a better angle or somebody got a better well, angle. Look, man. Okay, man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do them like that all the way, man. Cause this is the thing, man. I've, if you ever played any type of organized ball and you've been in that situation before, it doesn't matter. There's people that get in that situation knowing that they only have one option and that's to shoot the ball. And guess what they do? Guess what they do, Mark? It's an air ball. You know why? Because they, they, they not, oh, they, no, no, they don't no. have the confidence to take that shot. Well, no, 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 no. It's not about I. I'm not discounting his ability to shoot and all that. I'm just saying, from that standpoint of, well, um, like of the choice of the choice to shoot, there the wasn't really shoot, a yeah, choice yeah. to shoot. Oh like, no, no, I agree to. with you. There's no choice, but I mean, the outcome is definitely d- indicative of a certain attitude that you have when you're taking that shot. That's okay. what I'm saying. That's like fair. you can't like because there's people like I said. Shoot, I've done it. I've done it in, in a, you know, organized basketball where you ain't do shit. Buzz beat is coming. You know what I'm saying? Look, yo, I'm saying, I'm saying I've done it before where I've thrown up an air ball, man. You know? Okay, like there you, you go. Was, That's more realistic. You know I like it. Don't, I like hey, it. don't try to play me, son. You know what I'm saying? I knocked <laughs> down three. I knocked down three NBA range three-pointers once in, in a game. Mm. Only to lose, only to lose by eight points because we were getting blown out so badly. I was like, yo, nobody wants – everybody gave up. I was like, you got like – 45 seconds left on the clock. Nobody going to take these shots. And I was like, okay, I'll take them. I mean, easier to, easier to make those. But 
what I'm saying is, what point is, right. you can just because you were put in that position to where you have to shoot does not mean that you not that you're going to be able to shoot that without the jitters. Just knowing that knowing that you have to, it's not enough. It's not enough. So that's my that's my point to that. So kudos kudos to Kyle Kuzma for stepping up and knocking down the shot. Um, I just don't. I just hope that Lakers fans and 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 the teammates don't expect this level of play or that type of thing to happen with Kyle Kuzma in the future. I, I still think he has, he still, he still needs work. He still needs work and they cannot go into these playoffs with the idea of it's going to be LeBron AD and Kuz is going to give us 15, 18. They can't go in. They can't go into the playoffs like that or else they're going to find themselves in some bad situations. I'm just looking forward to um, some playoff basketball to where I get to see the possibility of seeing Melo versus LeBron and ISO would be just just interesting to watch. Just fun. Oh, yeah. Just fun stuff to watch. You know what I'm saying? Melo versus LeBron on an ISO, like where they, you know, they clear it out a little bit and try to get get at each other, maybe that'd be dope. I mean, obviously, LeBron is going to abuse him on when LeBron got the ball, but I just want to see what Melo could do to LeBron when LeBron is playing like, that that um, that playoff defense that he's known hey, man. for. I, I don't know where – I mean, he's been playing playoff defense pretty often lately, man. Yeah. I don't know where this has come from, this new resurgence of energy. Maybe it has something to do with Anthony Davis giving you 42 and 18 and number and stat lines like that. Maybe it yeah, has something but, to do with that. Like, but. like oh, I can, <laughs> I can slow it down a little bit offensively if yeah. I got a dude that's going to put up these numbers like that. Yeah. I mean, but so, hey. Yeah. Hey, but that's, hey, that's what you, if, if, if AD is going to carry that low, um, Offensively, then yes, LeBron, you are LeBron James. You better be out there playing defense. You know, I mean, kudos to him to be able to play that high level of defense. But you have to, you have to. If if AD is going to carry that offensively, you don't have an excuse not to. Yeah, especially if James Harden is going to be playing defense the way that he's been playing lately. So. Given the current landscape, um, do you want to change any of your picks for being in the Western Conference Finals or being in the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, no, I did actually. Last time we did, I didn't pick a finals per se. I just said who I thought were contenders, and I just picked three teams. So, so to be honest with you, who I who I would say would be in the finals, you know, if it were to line up that way, would be, I would, I would say, um, I would say the Clippers and the Lakers. I mean, it sounds like chalk to me. It, it, it that that's exactly what it sounds like. That's exactly what it is. You know, um, Lou Listen, Williams man. will eventually be back. You know what I'm saying? But let me finish. So on the Easter Conference side, I too, even though I didn't say it when you said it on the, on the last episode that we mentioned it, I do have Miami going up against the Raptors in the Easter conference finals. And I have the Raptors coming out on top. That's who I have right now. So 
Lakers coming out versus the Clippers, and I have Toronto coming out above Miami. So you don't have Milwaukee uh, finishing out. Um, you man, what, did you see what? the three pointers that he was shooting out there against the Rockets the other day? Look, man, <laughs> if, if, if Giannis is going to insist on stepping out there to shoot threes, I think they're going to have a problem. But no, I don't have Milwaukee. I don't have faith in the. I don't have faith in the coach to be able to adjust to if somehow somebody slows down Giannis. He hasn't been able to do it the entire time that he's had Giannis. I don't expect him to be able to just come up with it now. Yeah, well, I feel you. Um, and on the Western Conference side, like, honestly, I think the playoffs is more intriguing on the Eastern Conference side. I think pretty much everything is – said and done on the Western Conference side, except for uh, legitimately, would you be surprised? Like, here's another question for you. Would you be surprised by a first-round exit from the Clippers seeing how they're going to be going up against Dallas? And and Uh Dallas is healthy. And, like, despite the fact that they lost to Portland, they were they were putting up numbers. Well, let me put it this way: like they put up one. Like I, I just want to uh, before you get into that, I just want to give you like some of the numbers from this past game that they put up um, because it's one thirty four. Game finished out one thirty four, one thirty one. Uh, Portland uh, one. But just looking at the box score here, you have uh, you have Chris Sapp who scored thirty six in thirty six minutes. You have uh, you have Finney who scored uh, fifteen, Burke who scored twelve, Hardaway who scored twenty four, and Donick who scored twenty five, and then you still had just six men score twelve. Like that's a that's those are excellent numbers, man. And if they could, this is. Okay, okay. Let me let me give you my concern for the Dallas Mavericks. I think they'll be able to steal a couple of games, one maybe two, but I don't see anything past that. Just because my my issue with the way that they've been scoring and mm-hmm. they have been scoring a lot of points and it looks insane. My problem is they're not playing any defense. They're not. It, They've their defense has been super spotty. So if you're not going to play defense, then guess what? Even though the Clippers ain't a team that will traditionally put up 135, guess what? You're going to score 135. The Clippers can score 135 too, especially if you're not going to play D on players like like um, Kawhi Leonard, who are just ultra consistent and efficient. Then you got. Then if you're not going to play defense on a guy like PG, who's known to get hot, especially if you're not going to guard him, like I don't know what they're going to do. They got guys. Whoa, that can whoa, go whoa, off. Hold up, hold up, time, 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 time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was confused. You said somebody's known well, to get hot. You're not confused. You heard me. You somebody. Somebody. somebody hold, no, no, no. I apologize. Um, my hearing's bad. You said no, your who, hearing who, is correct. Who is known P-G to get hot? G is known to get. High. First off, let's talk about let's just talk about the the game that everybody was waiting for in the beginning of this restart when it was the Lakers versus the Clippers. Do you like like 
at some point, I think what PG was shooting like 70%, 60%. That's getting hot. Whether that, or not he no, finishes that game. No, look, hold on. Let me finish. Whether or not he finishes that game hot is a different story. But what I'm saying is he still gave him 30 on the super efficient scoring. What I'm telling you is you can bring up, if you're going to talk about Dallas and you're going to bring up PG's inability to finish, they still have a finisher. They got two guys that can finish. They have... They have Lou Williams. They have uh, Kawhi Leonard. They got guys that can finish. Okay. Dallas is reliant upon Luka Doncic to finish, and he hasn't been finishing. He's even worse than he's even worse than PG. I'm actually I'm not going to say he's worse than PG, not yet. But he's around PG. But guess what? He doesn't have a Kawhi Leonard on his team to help him finish. He has a Chris App though. Chris Stapps ain't Crips. Chris Stapps, when he finishes a game for Dallas, let me know. Because he's, they've had plenty of opportunities to finish some of these close games, like the 150-point to 148-point whatever game against the Rockets. They, he, they had an opportunity. What happened? Where was Chris Stops then? I feel I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to say I this. You, until you know. Dallas – Dallas is dangerous. But until they can finish close games, then I'm not – I have more faith in the Clippers as a team that they can finish games – than I, than I do see, in Dallas, okay? And that's see. the bottom line. PG could be as horrible as he wants to be. If the game <laughs> is close, if the game is close and they give the ball, if they, the game is close and they give the ball to Kawhi, what, what does PG matter? If Kawhi's Wait. taking that shot, what does it matter? Listen, I'm just not going to say – I don't disagree with anything you said. You're telling me that PG can't get hot? No. Man, you wildin', bro. Point to a game he got hot in the playoffs. Point to a game, like you tell you tell me playoffs, that he can't get hot. Point to a game where he car- where he got hot and carried the team. Point I'll bring it. up the stats. I will bring up stats right now. I don't care. <laughs> Just point. Okay, to you know what? You know what? How about this? You give you finish. You give your your opinion on the on your finals. Uh, I mean, oh, excuse me, on your Eastern Conference and Western Conference uh, matchups and all that stuff. And while you're doing that. I'll look it up and I'll spit out some stats. I'll cut you off real quick to let you know that PG can get hot. Are you ready? Go sure. ahead. Give your sure. opinion, let's man. Do, do your thing. I, I, Go ahead. I'm not now listen. If they now here's a caveat to that though. What's the caveat? Now you want to ask. No, 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 because because you go if you pull out a single game, this is a series. So a single game ain't gonna cut it in a series. No, I need, you, no, you, I, you said he can't get hot. He can. When people get hot, do they talk about people getting hot for more than one game in a row? No, he got hot for that game. No, they do talk. Like, listen, do they talk about in in the playoff series? Do if you lose and but you had one great game in the playoff series, does anybody ever talk about your one great game in the playoff series ever again? If it was a in a loss in the series, what I'm no, saying is when they win. When, what cares. I'm saying, Mark, is when they win. When they win, and PG has one or two games that he gets hot, they will mention it because guess what they do? That that's what they do. Clay could go a whole playoff series just getting his regular 18 to 20, but if he has a game where he scores 30 in one quarter, they're gonna talk about it. Okay. All right. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, what I'm telling you, and if that game, if that game is a difference maker in the series, the way that Clay does it in Game Sixes, then then you're telling me that they're not going to mention it. PG can no, play, like will. I said, PG can play like crap. If they win, it doesn't matter. If Kawhi's taking that shot, it doesn't matter. You're right. You're right. He can. He doesn't need to get hot every game. 
All right, big dog. Doncic, on the other hand, has to be clutch every game. Uh, all right, all right. I feel, I feel you, big dog. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Word. Well, <laughs> anyway, you got me over here fired up. I don't even know why you got me out here defending Paul George, man. I feel dirty now. I feel dirty, man. Ah uh, man. But listen, man. Um, but like, why you find that stuff? Because honestly. I don't have it any different than um, than I had it previously um, mm-hmm. on the Easter Conference side, and not really on anything changes on the Western Conference side at all, neither. Um, but I'm just looking at uh, these um, standings, and honestly, like I don't see anything. I don't see anything changing. Um, Probably the most intriguing matchup on the Easter Conference size for the first round is Miami, Indiana. Outside of that, it's pretty much straightforward from there. Milwaukee's definitely beating Orlando. Toronto's definitely beating Brooklyn. And and with the Ben Simmons injury, um, Boston is definitely beating the Sixers. Um, like, that would take some extraordinary play from someone else to come from out of nowhere. Tobias Harris. um, All right, man. Let me stop messing with you, man. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I can spot out names, too. Yeah, you just random names. Uh, (laughs) What what does that mean? Like, I don't care. (laughs) So, like, like I I, I got names in the tuck. Alec Burke. How about that? There you go. That's what's going to do to get it done. I'm uh, trying. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Like, nah, it, they're done. That team's done, man. Um, but yeah, so. Oh, everything... real quick to cut you off. Um, uh-huh. Last last year's playoffs. Uh, uh, round one, Western Conference. Uh, yeah, because they, they exited game. in round one. You want to know why? Because they that's did. a bad shot. No matter you, what, you I don't know, care what you hey, say. That's look, a bad shot. Who, yeah, who was it, responsible you know what, for that? You know what? Who was responsible for? What do we talk? We talk about offensive prowess right now, right? Who we talk about getting hot. People are not people, closing out on the bad hey, shot. You can say that. That is him. But guess what? Okay. He. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spit his stats off for you. Um. Let's see what it says. It says that he shot seventy percent. Mm. He was fourteen of twenty, right? Nice. And then he was three of eight from three. Okay, five five of eight from free throw. He probably should have done better than that. But still, to get to to get um, let me see how many points he had. To get 36, 36 on twenty shots, shooting seventy percent. Mark, man, I don't I don't know what you want him to do, man. I, I like is that not it's getting ad, hot? It's adequate. is that not getting hot? I mean, I guess you would want him to play defense on the last shot of the game. Yes. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, what I'm saying that that was his last playoff game. He got hot. You know what I'm saying? It happens. Uh, All George can get hot. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Game the previous year, game one against. Don't talk to me about the previous year where he put up. Don't talk to me about that, dog. Again, dog. Game six, he put up five points. Look, game one, forty-one minutes. Game one, he went eight of eleven from three. What are you talking? Like you. Paul George has the ability to be to get hot. He has the ability to go cold as well. But yeah. I'm telling you, he has the ability to get hot if he gets. I'm just saying, 
You get two hot games out of Paul George, that's two dubs. Okay. Doncic could go off for 40 hold up, hold up. and he'll still lose. That hot, that hot game that he had, that was a W? The, uh, the one he had last year, that was a win? That was that was a loss, but okay, that's Dame okay. Lillard, cool, cool, cool. Are cool, you telling cool. me? Are you telling me that Luka Doncic is clutch? Is just as clutch as Dame Lillard? I have no idea, fam. Um, uh, I can tell you, he's not. I, I don't even want to bring up his clutch stats because they it's not there. Well, not 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 lately, not not recently, not in the bubble. In the bubble, Doncic, he's he's a killer, but he ain't been finishing. So okay, I mean, yeah. I feel you. All right. Look, Listen, man, you're man. not just going to discount the fact that the team that they play in can't finish. You can't discount that. I, no, I'm, you're, you're absolutely right. I can't. But I will. But I, it's just that when you say PG, he could get hot, it, man. It just you burns act like my I soul said, a little bit. You act like it burns his soul because he, because he don't get hot when you want him to, but that doesn't mean he d- that he can't, you know what I'm I don't need, like, no, no. <laughs> see, 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 this is where you messing up because it's not about, oh, he can't get hot when I want him to. No, I don't even need you to be hot. Just play an adequate game. Play like, like he goes from getting hot to playing like he shouldn't be in the NBA. Hey, like, hey, it's retarded. Mark, like, I don't understand Mark, it. When he has, when he has a, marginal game for the Clippers. You let me know. In the playoffs this year, when he has a marginal game, you let me know. When he puts up 10 points, when he puts up 10 points or 12 points, you let me know. Dog, see, this is what I'm – see, like, you're still giving him way too much <laughs> respect. You're giving him way too much respect. I'm trying – I'm letting you know when he does – when he has that low of a game, you come to me. Yo, you know, I don't expect like, to hear nothing like, from yo, you. For when he has that seven-point game, I'll let you know. Bruh. That's come like Bruh. all right. Anyway, we'll see. Man, we'll see. We'll see. We spent too much time on this anyway. Um yeah. moving on, man. Um one guy that's trying to get hot into the NBA. You see how that segue there? You like that? J. Cole, mm-hmm. man. J. Cole is trying to is trying to make his way into the NBA. He had his Puma commercial. And at first, I didn't know where he was taking us with, like, they'll try to doubt you, this, that, and the third, and you just see him in the background, Master P talking, and then you Mm -hmm. see in the background shooting. But, you know, I started getting the artsy thing from it. I was like, okay, I can see where you're taking me now. I was like, is Jay Cole (laughs) trying to play ball? Like, mm-hmm. is, is that is that where he taking us? Because he had Master P talking, talking about they'll try to doubt you, and then I see you shooting in the background. Like, mm-hmm. yo, the idea of that is weird. Like, what is J. Cole's basketball background? Honestly, I don't know, and I didn't look it up. So do you know? Um, Just from being a J. Cole fan, I do know that – he played in high school. I do know that he was recruited to play college. From what I understand and remember, I might want to look it up, but from what I understand and remember, it wasn't like he was like a big D1 recruit. Prince was All-American, but you ain't see Prince try to lace it up and be out there with Muggsy Bones. <laughs> yo, the only thing Prince was trying to lace up was some pant legs, you know what I'm saying? That's it, yo. Maybe a maybe a blouse or something. He was trying to lace that up. He wasn't trying to lace up no sneakers, you know. So, <laughs> but uh but then when you when you're Prince, 
I guess if you knew you had that level of talent musically, would you be trying to play basketball? You know? Well, apparently, apparently your level of music talent isn't enough. You feel as <laughs> apparently somewhere along the line, you really bought into that Dreamville nonsense and <laughs> say, yo, at 35, oh, I'm going to enter the NBA. Okay. Um, so I don't know what his deal is there, but um, – but he got he has a tryout with the Pistons, man. Um, I don't know. Did you see the tweet? Um, I didn't get I didn't get the um, G League player that said it, but it's a pretty funny tweet. He said he said I would have became a rapper too if I know that that got you free NBA tryouts. Yeah, I did see I did see somebody tweet that, and it's like, yo, that's funny. That's funny, man. I mean. Now, this is the thing, though, like we at least for for some of us, we understood the um, uh, we understood the Master P thing when it happened, you know, back in right. our time, because from what we understood and knew about him, he had the talent. Right. To to go when he was younger and he, you know, he chose a different path. Or, he had you know, the talent he to did. he had the talent to go when he tried out. Like, yes, yes. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. It wasn't like, and it wasn't like um, he was, he didn't do no big rollout. He, you know, he was like, please call me Percy Miller, took his golds out. Like, yep. he was like legit, like, yo, I don't want all the cameras here. Like, I don't want it to be a spectacle. Treat me just like anybody else. I'm just trying to, like, honestly see if I can make the NBA. Like, so, so, but either way, we already kind of had an idea of the level of talent that Master P had. It's just the same thing like we always heard with Nelly. Like, hey, Nelly was recruited. Like, they were trying to draft him out of high school to play for the Cardinals <laughs> in baseball. Like, he was that good. You know what I mean? So, we under, like, we we were hearing stories of like that about Master P. So, the Master P thing right. was a surprise. But J. Cole – this is a little bit of a surprise. So I understand the people, you know, having the little snide remarks about it, you know, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, trying out, you getting a 14 day contract, like master P did what you're doing. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, it's just really weird with the Detroit, um, giving them that tryout like that when you have players that are actively, actively going after it and not and they and they and they can't get the tryout but hey you're famous like how like how do you see this as anything more than a publicity stunt by the pistons i don't i don't see it as anything more than that you know but um to be honest with you like okay so i just looked up and found out he's like so he when he he did go to saint he went to saint john's Mm -hmm. for school for school but it says that he was a walk-on. Basically, he tried out as a walk-on, made the team because they called him. They called him back to say, yo, come play. And at that point, he decided to chase his music career. So he never actually showed up to play for St. John's. And that is a D1 school. So he did have that level of talent to be able to walk onto a D- D1 team. So therefore, he did have talent. Just because you have the talent to walk onto a D1 team does not mean that you have the talent to play in the NBA. At all. There is plenty of players from St. John's 
that are not in the league right now that were starters for four years that did that didn't make it to the league. That's just the way it is. So, so yes, once again, publicity stunt. Yes, all you know tied in with the Puma rollout and all this other things. Like it is what it is, man. If they want to get their, you know, if they want to get their uh, publicity stunt in, you know, J Cole being a, a you know a member of the hip hop community that gets involved in all the social justice stuff, all that tied in with what's going on right now. They, they definitely trying to cash in, but I mean, it is what it is. That's what they want to do to get player people to, um, you know, buy gear or watch the games, whatever they, they doing what they can. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just, um, I, I just find it. Uh, I don't know. It, but shout out to him, distasteful, man. Distasteful, distasteful. What do you would we want to call it by Detroit? I mean, um, yeah, I, I just find a little distasteful, um, or I guess uh, a little disrespectful to what a little shameless, uh, like a shameless plug. Yeah, and I, um, I mean, honestly, I just maybe like maybe I'm just looking into it a little bit different, but like with the players that are that like that this is their dream and they've been trying for this long and they're probably just as good, if not better than J Cole. Like I can understand it's how a slap in the face, man. I can understand how some players would take this as a slap in the face. Um, but shout out to J Cole. Hopefully he, um, hopefully he makes it because it would just be, it'd be a cool thing in history to just be able to point to like, um, yeah. And, like it, it, he could have been a thirty-five-year-old stranger, and it would have been a cool thing in history to point to, like somebody making the NBA at the age of thirty-five. Um, so, shout out to him, man, and good luck with that. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, uh, I think that pretty much covers us, us for basketball. You have any other basketball topics that you want to get into? Or is there anything that you feel as though I might have missed or we have missed? Mm, not really, man, because we got really what we what we wanted out of the playoff talk, you know. Um, I'm just excited and ready for the playoffs to start so we can really get into, like, watching the series because it's different. These little one-off games, are, you know what I'm saying, that's cute and everything, but, you know, everybody's about to get tested, you know, once we get to the series. All right. So, um I'm just going to – I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, while I ask you a question, my phone died. So can you um, pos- can you pull up Deion Sanders' tweets while I, um, while I ask yeah. you this question? Um, so given that baseball is working and since, um, since the initial breakout, now that it seems like players are taking um, – this COVID stuff more seriously. There hasn't been another breakout since then. And since the players have returned to football, there hasn't really been a breakout in football either since return to practice and things of that nature. Is there any change in your confidence level with um, a successful start to football? Well, a successful start and finish to football well this is what i'll say it has changed my confidence in the in the 
in my thoughts on them having a successful start, but it has not changed my confidence level on them, them being able to finish. You know, hmm. it's, it's a long season, even though it's short, they're talking about being the only ones to play a full season. Yeah. You know right I mean? now they so, have the Super Bowl at February 7th. That's what, that's what I mean. Right now they're talking full season, right? So um, it's going to be a long season and, you know, everything changes, man. One day we, we were, people were freaking out, buying food, buying up all the groceries out of the grocery store. Buying the up next, all the toilet paper. You, you know what I'm saying? Couldn't toilet paper for whatever reason. For you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, you know, it went from that to everybody kind of calming down and just staying inside. Then it went from that to be everybody being tired of being inside. And then once they saw a little glimpse of reopening, people went crazy again. Like everything has been, it's been like every month, it's been a change in the, the way that the general populace views COVID-19 and how they view their safety outside of, uh, outside of their home. So I just feel like right now it's scary. Right now, the, the baseball thing happened. You were right on that. So people are acting differently. Who's to say that, that, that uh, the baseball breakout is going to have the same effect two months from now? That's so that's my that's my thing is I'm just worried about the players getting a little lax in, in the way that well, they're handling things once things are getting good, you know, once things are going good and all that stuff. So I don't – and like I said, football is just different because there's so many more people. And well, with, once one person gets it, that's it. Well, with that uh, – with what you're saying, um, something did happen in baseball, and I just can't remember the player, but somebody broke a safety protocol – and he was sent home immediately, like, like sit, like they was like, all right, we're you're done, we're done here. And I just do not have that information in front of me or who that was. But, um, but yeah, uh, so that's. Uh, but I think if you if you have that approach where like if a player gets caught breaking protocol or going. Like Derek Jeter, like like to have said, gets caught going to buy some milk, or in a Lou Williams situation, um, like if they were to do a Lou Williams situation without the excuse, um, then maybe like just be like, all right, look, man, you're endangering your rest of your teammates. You can't play this season. So yeah, says Mike Clevenger, pitcher for the uh, Cleveland Indians. Okay. You know, so and he's not even the only pitcher. They had two pitchers that uh, broke protocol at some point that, you know. And they sent them home. Yes. So, like, so, yeah. Like, so, I think I feel as though if they do that, um, thank you for looking that up, by the way. Um, But, yeah, if they do that, then I think um, it could be quite successful and finish on time. Now, whether or not how that affects – your fantasy football team, like, or anything like that. Sure. Whatever. Like that's going to have an effect on that. If it's a player that like is on your team that breaks the protocol and now he's not playing no more, but that has nothing to do with the product um, finishing on time and, um, and having a successful season. So I my confidence still is as high as it was before. In fact, it may be even higher now 
seeing how baseball is handling it after their flub. Um, so, uh, and seeing how the things that um, basically, even though they're not going to have a bubble atmosphere, the things that the NFL could take from the NHL's and um, NBA's experience, and I want to see how they apply that um, be, to keep their players safe because we know that there's a lot of money moving through the NFL. And in this situation, it's only going to cost them money to not, um, to not do the safest things. So I think in this situation that they'll be, uh, they'll be right on top of it, man. So I see the season still finishing out a hundred percent. Well, see, and like I said, once again, we're going to probably just going to differ on this until until the point comes to some to where somebody gets sick but for me it's just like right now like well players have gotten sick they like lane johnson lane johnson had covid and he's and he was put on his two weeks and he has been just this week been activated off of the reserved uh okay okay well i guess what i mean to say is i don't know how closely they're being monitored Okay, you're saying there's not a bubble situation. The 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 baseball players broke broke some sort of protocol, and they got sent home. Does and does the NFL have something like that in place? Are they going to be enforcing things that tightly? You like you said, the blueprints out there. You know, they have all these resources. They have all all this information. Luckily, gathered by everybody else's mistakes. They have all this information out there. The question is, are they going to implement it? I don't know. They haven't said anything. Just that nothing. No information has really come out about how they're going to handle the situation. And because of that, that's why I'm still going to be a skeptic until I either hear the information or I see it. I need to yeah. see it. Once I, like if somebody breaks protocol tomorrow and they're like, yo, you got to sit out. That would that would give me that confidence that I need to know to know that the NFL does have a plan. They are taking it serious and they are strictly enforcing it. Right, right now, I had just like baseball. I had no confidence until now. You're saying things like this, where it's like, okay, nobody's really been getting sick, and then they're strictly enforcing the protocols. Boom. That's what I need to see. Like until I see that, I'm not gonna trust. It just comes back to me not trusting that the NFL is going to do the right thing in any situation. Right. All right. Yeah, man. Um, I, your stance is certainly understandable. Um, yours is understandable too. So I get it, you know, but yeah. So, but yeah, um, moving on, man, uh, because Deion Sanders has a shout out for people that think like you and for people (sighs) that just think, uh, well, players be careful when you say Deion Sanders and people that think like me please be careful no no I'm please. saying well listen I'm <laughs> saying he he has words for you and words for um anyone that for any player that decided to opt out and uh you want to share that tweet okay I got it up right here here we go he says all players opting out in all sports please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business, and don't you ever forget that. There's a lot of caps in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, there's no one that's bigger than the game itself. Only the ref, umps, and officials are that important that you can't play without them. Not you. 
hashtag truth. Okay, I'm going to jump out here because I just feel so strongly about this. First off, just because you put a hashtag truth on the end of it does not make it true. Come on. <laughs> come on, Dion. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you have to say hashtag truth at the end lets me know that you're probably bullshitting somewhere in there. Okay? So let's. I'm going to break this down. Okay. Yeah, opting out, players opting out, believe the game will go on without you. That is a true statement. Yes. I'm sure the people that are opting out understand that the game is going on without them. They understood that, you know? And then here we go. This is a business, and don't you ever forget that. This is a bit – yes, they, that needs to be said. And we talked about this on a previous podcast where we said, hey, guys like Devin Funches <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking, but do understand this is a business. Do understand that your job is at stake if you're not showing them currently, uh, recently, why they need to keep you around. You know, when you're already on the fringe, as you said. So then you got. There's no one that's bigger than the game itself. We can go with that, right? Right. Then this is where he just loses me immediately. Only the refs, umps, and officials are that important that you can't play without them, not you, okay? And when he says refs, umps, and officials, it really, it really makes me upset because, I mean, he could have just said you can't play no individual. You just said no individual, no, but then he's saying no player. He's really speaking to the players, right? But, but he, he says no one that's bigger than the game itself. But then you're like, oh, but the refs, the umps, and the, look, man, didn't we just have a strike? Where the refs and the umps went on strike, mm-hmm. you know, and and didn't did the game still go on? Like I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, I mean the product the product might have fell in quality. Guess yeah. what? People still watch the games, right? That, so it does go on without the refs. But there's been thing. an umpire strike in baseball in the past, and yeah. there's been and there's been a referee strike in uh, football. There's there's been there's been disgruntled refs in every. Every all the major sports, yes. uh, except for maybe hockey. I don't remember anything happening with hockey. But so then he goes and says, uh, "He said not you. You know, he's saying like these guys are important, but not you. The game will go like he. I don't understand his his need to put the emphasis on not on not the players. Like no, you guys ain't shit. Basically, you know. And this is the problem I have with guys like Dion, who come out and say things like this when they're in where when they're, you know." You know, he used to be that young black athlete that was bucking the system, right? He used to mm-hmm. be that guy. He used to be the hot shot, all star, you know, you know, all pro. You know, he 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 was the guy. He was the man when he was playing, right? Then he become he gets his spot in the media, and typically, I don't really have an issue with the things that Dion says. I don't know what, but this is the thing that kills me. You get somebody like him that instead of in a time like this just 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 keeping it you know what it is like hey man just just make sure you guys are being safe out there when you're opting out because you could lose your job while you're out there you know you just understand that it is a business some people are going to look at that and see you as expendable if somebody outperforms you right this that's all he had to say but when he's it's almost like he's discouraging them from having any confidence that their voice matters and this is my problem. This is the reason why we have these issues 
with people will sit here and say the, the players, the players association for the NFL is the worst out of all the major sports. And these dudes be getting, be getting breadcrumbs or they get screwed over every time there's a new negotiation. Part of the reason why is they feel like you got people that don't care. You got people that feel like their voice doesn't matter. And then the people that have the loudest voice don't speak. Right. Like the quarterbacks, they don't say nothing. So now you've got a situation where He's just adding fuel to the fire. He's just pouring gasoline on the whole situation and saying, look, man, you just know that you ain't shit and they'll move on without you. Instead of saying, as an individual, yes, you guys don't have a voice. Or as an individual, you know, you're not going to stop the show. But, but, you know, he needs to be, instead of saying that in a time like this, on a regular Wednesday, he needs to be saying, look, man, you guys need to band together and make sure that you're moving as one. That's why the NBA gets what they get. That's why they got guaranteed contracts. That's why, that's why they're able to get all these raises and do all these things. You guys look at NBA players and you're jealous of what they got. And, and when the time comes for you guys to pull together, you guys don't. And, and, yeah. and this is, this is a hundred and thousand percent railing against what they need to do to take care of themselves. The reason why it's a big deal that you're saying, Hey, Remember, it's a business. The reason why it's a big deal is because they don't have guaranteed contracts. It's because they could just cut them. It's because they could be here for three years, only make three million, and then be done with. Okay, that that's like all that stems from them not using their voice. And and you here you are, basically telling them that they ain't shit. You know, that's where I have the problem with him speaking out on this in the way that he did. No, a hundred percent. I, I am right there with you. Um, because essentially what I got from this was like, I just got him basically where it, it, it reads like it's a lot of venom in his words. A lot. He was, like, I, there was a lot of all caps words in it, man. Like, and I don't, and it seems like, he, it's like the stamping down of the player. Like, oh, you players think you're going to uprise and, and sit out or you play it like, like it seems like he was speaking less to the NFL and NBA and the professional sports and maybe was speaking more to the college sports. Like, and I just thought about that off the top of my head just now okay i'd even look at it that way because yeah because like given the landscape of the fact that the big 10 is sitting out the pac-12 is sitting out um and they're not and they pretty much shut down um their college football season and and is and there's a lot of player unrest in college football to where they're like they'll go on strike or whatever like yeah, that started with the Pac-12. Right. Let's keep it a buck. If if who knows if they if the other conferences would have followed suit in shutting down if it wasn't for the uprising that happened in the Pac-12. Right. So with that being so with that being said, maybe maybe that was more pointed towards them. And even still, if it was, is that the message that you want to get across to people? Is that is this and if it what if either if it was or wasn't, is that the message that you want to get across to these players that you don't matter? Like you're 
you are exactly what everyone comes to see. Like the game literally cannot be played without a player, but you don't matter. Like no matter what happens, you will not matter in this situation. And the fact that he says the refs, umpires, and uh, officials matter more. Me, like man. last time I checked, the more involved a ref is, the less my enjoyment of the game is. Like, like dog, I, if I don't see a ref all game, chances are that was a great game. Like, so unless unless you have some egregious stuff happen, like what St. Louis did to New Orleans, but. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Outside of that, but um, but I also feel like that would, in my book, that counts as ref interference. Yeah, yeah that that does because they blatantly ignored the call. You're supposed to call that call. Like, how yeah, do you? They not? Bla- it's not. It's not like they missed it. They blatantly didn't call it. Like, no, nah, right. <laughs> like, and you were staring right there, looking at it. But okay, um, craziness. So yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so him saying that, like, it's like he's trying to stifle the player and shut and shut them up. Like, oh, you think you're gonna sit out from sports? Like, like what are you doing? Like, this sounds like some. This <laughs> sounds Call like some it real because I'm about. That sounds like some real Uncle Ruckus type stuff going on, bro. See. Like I don't see you was going Uncle Ruckus. I'm talking about Django, man. Yo, like, I was about to say that too. Like, bro, it feels like a scene. I felt like a scene out of Django, man. <coughs> it really, it really did, man. Like, and and I know everybody likes to use the um, use the uh, comparison to uh, be to you know the the NFL stuff to be you know plantation and slavery and all those things. But boy, boy, did this play right into that, man. It's like, it's like. So you, you know what I'm saying? So you the house nigga that's in there that's trying to, you know, discourage the slaves from running away, man. Like, you you out there like, oh, so oh, so y'all think y'all just going to leave, huh? Just so you know, that shit will never work. You know what I'm saying? Hey, right. you better off just sitting still, taking, taking, taking whatever master give you and being happy about it. And that's the way it came off to me. Um, that's the way it came off to me. Maybe that's a bit graphic for it but i mean or maybe it's a little stretch but i don't know man that's the way it felt like to me it felt like especially coming from a player like dion considering the way that he played the game and considering the way that he went about his personal business he was the first you know he was a cornerback for hire he was a trend he was a trendsetter and and oftentimes in his in his showiness he made the game about the player. Like, you know what I'm yes, saying? He, he, exactly. He, he is part of the reason why the player is more important now with his, with, you know, his high stepping, his, uh, his dancing in the uh, well, end zone and all this other nature. Well, just, the, just on the business side, he was the first player, if maybe I'm mistaken, but I don't think I am. He is the first player to exercise his free agency in the way that he did. I am a gun for hire. Pay me. This ain't about me winning the championship. This ain't about me. Maybe it is a little bit, but you know what? I want to get paid. Pay me or else you're not getting me. That's plain and simple. He said the numbers, the numbers at where it's at because I'm Deion Sanders, right? 
like people people think about I know now people talk about um mm-hmm. um Revis when he did when he was doing it, but Dion is the first like I mean there's been nowadays it's just a regular thing to where in negotiations, you know, players outside of the quarterback are now trying to leverage and do things to get paid, you know, and it's becoming about the money, you know. But but before all that, it was just Dion. Dion was the first person really that I saw that was really out there, you know, trying to maximize his money and telling them, look, man, I don't care. I don't care what you think of me. I'm there's nobody on the field that can do what I can do. Therefore, you're going to have to pay for it. There was a lot of teams that didn't want to pay him. But guess what? The teams that did pay him are the teams that wanted a championship. Right. You know, then we, the Niners, we paid him. Guess what he did? He got his ring and he left. He went and said, you know what? Dallas is going to pay me more. He That's left just like that. Didn't care. Left Dallas and played for the Redskins. Not for a championship because they was going to pay him. You That's see what I'm saying? Weird. Rival team. He didn't care about any of that. He didn't have anything. That's the thing. For somebody like him to say what he's saying, for a person that had no loyalty other than to himself as a player, find it very ironic that he's basically telling these guys it felt like and around like it felt like he was just telling them you need to shut up in color yeah yeah man you um, need to fall in line for a I, player that was never never fell in line he's telling everybody else to fall in line yeah uh very odd statements from Dion. um but we have um already touched on the college topic through this conversation like I said, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are sitting out. ACC and the SEC are still uh, saying they're going to play um, along with uh, another power conference as well, I believe. Um, and Donald Trump is pretty much sending out a rallying call in his conf- in his news conferences to – to his uh, of course, to his buddies, who are pro- who are probably on boards at these schools, are like the deans at yep. these schools and stuff like that. Where he basically says, "Yeah, I hope that there's a that there's a college football season," and the fact in that he says, "I believe it should be a college football season." He says that majority of these kids won't get it. Uh, won't get COVID or whatever, um, be percentage wise. Listen, even if that was true, the fact I've, I've touched on this before. The fact that you're you're subjecting you're subjecting children are not they may be going into adulthood, but you're still. I, so I'm just going to change it to you're subjecting people to play a game for you for free so you can have and endanger themselves so you can have a financial gain where there's a where in which no none of these colleges are having in school learning not a single not a single of these one of these is having in school learning these colleges are all doing online um classes or uh live video conference classes um but yet you want these you want these players to show up and play so that you can make a buck and you and none of that buck goes to them 
dirty. This is yep. this, this is absolutely disgusting. Um, like absolutely disgusting. Like I really truly hope every player decides to to sit out and um, decides to go on strike. Um, but more than likely, they that won't happen because um, a lot of players. Um, there's players out there that are on the bubble, man. Um, like for instance, if it wasn't for last year, Joe Burrow would not have been drafted the number one overall. He probably would have been drafted yeah. like in like the fifth round, fourth round, more than likely. But he had but one season ch- turned everything around for him, and now he was drafted number one overall. Shoot, um, Patrick Queen is another guy. You know? Yeah. He, he had a great season this year that launched him into a first-round pick. Right. And that allure, that allure alone would is enough for some of these guys to play and, and to want to play. I just find it disgusting. Um, and that's fine if that's what they want to do. But I find it disgusting to kind of be putting the clamps on these players and force them to do so. Because ACC, SEC, um, none of these none of these colleges that are talking about playing, they they are not offering any sort of opt out for players that so that choose if they don't want to play. If they don't want to play, it's pretty much you lost your scholarship. Get out of here. Forget you. All this like basically you're holding you're holding a gun to these kids' heads to play for you and they're yep. and they're not really getting much gain from it. So yeah. um so that's where the real disgusting part of it comes from is the fact that there is no version of an opt out like, oh, your like your scholarship is deferred if you choose not to play or whatever like that. There's no sort of opt out for these guys. It's pretty much like play or be di- or be discarded and um basically and and that threat is that threat is hollow um and hopefully and i say that it's hollow because essentially because if all players were to get band together and say no we're not playing you college football is just stuck and you're not and you're going to have to figure out something for next year because you can't just discard every player but as long as you as long as the players remain fractured on their decision making and how they're going to handle it then yes it's um it's a lose situation for the players but the players to band together then it's a that's an easy w for the players uh how you feel man yeah, so there's a few things I wanted to touch on because I know you were talking – you talked, you touched on a lot of things there. So I'm going to kind of start in reverse. Like you're talking about them being fractured or being banded together and them holding the threat of we'll get rid of you. You lose your col- your scholarship. This is the thing, man. If you really think about it, if I'm, if I'm one of the top players in a country – forget it. Let's just say I'm a starter on any D on any uh, one of the D one schools, especially a power five conference school. If I'm a starter on one of those teams, you think I'm worried about me losing my scholarship. I could lose my scholarship this year. Right. And the season goes on without me. Do you know that somebody will just pick me up 
because uh, like I'm going to get a scholarship offer elsewhere, maybe to a rival school, maybe some like these are the things that like, I mean, granted, you might not want to wait a year or take a year off, but at the same time, you but know, that doesn't hold true for every player. And no, it doesn't. And a lot of players, like I'm just speaking to the mindset of the player that may want to play. Yes. And like, so those players like that, but they have that in their mind. And there's no, like, it's, it's, well, a, it's a real thing for somebody. Yeah, no, I understand that. Not everybody that has a scholarship was, has, not everybody that has a scholarship thinks that they can make it to the NFL. Or they, they might know that they don't have a chance. But here we go. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you have a player like Trevor Lawrence, which I don't know if you saw his comments, but basically he's leading a movement of, uh, what is it, hashtag we want to play. So he's leading this we want to play movement. And I understand, and just to, just to what you were talking about with Joe Burrow having a year that he had, that he had and, and him becoming a first overall pick, essentially you know Mm -hmm. we like that trevor lawrence is already been coveted since his freshman year trevor lawrence has been waiting for this particular season so that he could enter the draft okay trevor lawrence knows that if the rules were different he would have entered the draft after his freshman year after his winning the championship his freshman year it that's what that's what we know about Trevor Lawrence. So he is that guy. He's he's supposed to be, you know, the second coming. You know, <laughs> so so if, if he you got a guy like him that just looks at it like, yo, I don't want to wait a year. I shouldn't have to. This is this should be my year that I'm showing out. Joe Burrow, all these other guys ain't there really. He should be basically walking into the season as the favorite for the Heisman. So all of these things, you know, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to have the most defining year of his life right now. Right. And he's like, yo, I want to play. Like I weighed the risk. I want to play. So yes, you're going to have these guys, but, but bigger picture is like part of the fracture is guys like him. Like I said, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you have a choice. You can band together with the people that don't want to play because you're looking out for more than just yourself. Or you can just be like, look, man, this is still a business regardless of what you're saying. And I'm literally walking into the season that's going to lead me directly into the business side of things when it comes to the NFL. And I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and that's what he's choosing to do. You know, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's just him. I think when he's doing this and leading this movement, it's also a part of him knowing other players that are with him that are on his team that are, that are playing for other schools that are in the same situation as him that are waiting to go out into the draft this year. Um, that's what he, that's what he's thinking about. So the, the, the real divide is a divide that's going to be there all the time because you have players that are there that are using their scholarship to get their education for four years because they know they're not going to make it. And then you have other players that are like, I know I'm going to make it. And these are just the steps that I need to take to get to where I'm going. So there's always going to be a Grand Canyon size gap between those, those sets of players when it comes to what's important to them, their values and all those things. So, I mean, and then as far as the colleges go, disgusting, whatever you want to call it, it, that's what it is, man. Like, and for them to, like, to me, I feel like the people, the, the players spoke. 
You know what I mean? They spoke. The um, conferences have spoken. Now, for you to push back, if you're pushing back during the deliberation process, that's fine. Everybody gets a chance to voice their opinion. You know what I mean? And they're going to, everything gets weighed. But now that the decision has been made, I feel like they should just, they should just, you need to figure out what you're going to do from here. Instead of, instead of, you know, instead of having stuff like President Trump say, well, there should be a season or having them say, well, we're going to remove you. We're going to take away your scholarships, right? You know, all these things is like I don't even think that's a money move. I a thousand yeah, percent. Trump is politicizing college football because college football exists and it takes away from the fact that we're dealing with all this COVID stuff and it's just a way <laughs> of him. Like there's a there's a whole other side to that that I just rather not get well, into. I'm, but. I'm not getting into that. But the biggest thing to me is like. The colleges themselves, they can ignore what he's saying, but the pro- right. like them, them threatening to take away scholarships is not them trying to save money because there's not going to be a season. That's them trying to keep the players in place, in their place. They're trying to put the players in their place. They're trying to do these things. But this, to me, screams to a couple of other bigger things that I would like to see in sports. I would like to see more things like you know, like what um, Mello, LaMelo Ball did and going to Australia and having that is another pathway to get to the NBA. I like the idea that the NBA is now going to try to put more money into the G League, considering that players are now considering all these other options and are like, yo, if they're not going to pipeline straight through college anymore and people see people looking at the G League as, once you go G League, you're never going to get picked up. If they're looking at it as that and not really looking at it as a pathway, then they're losing money to college and they're losing money to Australia and other, you know, other right. leagues like that, that exist. So they're like, well, we need to make sure that we are a part of this. So now they're pumping more money into the G league. They're trying to make it an actual pathway to get in just like how MLB has the minor leagues. There's players that go straight from high school to the MLB. There's players that go to college and show out. But for the most part, if, if neither one of those work, then you have the minor leagues. You have all these different pathways to get there. With the NFL, there's one path. It's college football. That's the problem. Until there's another path that exists for them to get to where they need to go, then yes, the players are going to be powerless. And yes, the schools are going to be able to get away with everything that they want to get away with and more. Right. I don't see how this ends well for the players. But the good thing is, for right now, they have the, the actual conferences on board with them. Yeah. Well, mo- some of them. Not every conference. Well, for the, well not, not all of them, but I think four out of the five – power conferences and that's really the big deal well, the other, no, other smaller ACC, said, ACC SEC and the third one said they're still going to play um, who's the third one so it's just the Pac-12 and the Big Ten yeah so Big 12 is still saying they're going to play yeah Big 12 was the other one that said they were going wow. to play okay well maybe they don't have it maybe it's not as much uh, much as I thought but the biggest thing to me it's still just two of the power conferences being out is a big impact well, honestly, I'm just happy to see my my team, Ohio State, 
for the first like be on the right side of this because <laughs> because some y'all of y'all need to erase some of the scandals since y'all yeah, exactly you know what I'm exactly so I'm just glad to see that Ohio State is on the right side of this for once because some of the yeah. scandals that has happened in recent years uh, with their coaching staff and things of that nature um, yeah it's ugly so. Um, but yeah, man, uh, moving on to us, moving back to football, you know, the sport that will finish the season. So <laughs> seeing, we'll finish the season. Okay. Seeing how we're going to stick that, with that. Okay. Seeing how the NFL, like they're practicing, man. Um, and honestly, next week we would be, this would be the typical situation where we would, uh, start watching uh preseason games. Um would be. But there's no preseason this year, but there is fantasy football. And uh that's creeping up, man. You excited? Ooh, man. You know what? I'll be honest, Mark, I haven't been <laughs> as excited as nor as years past only because my lack of faith in Oh no no! It's, no, it, your your lackluster uh, play shows that your enthusiasm has been trash. Look, man, let me let me tell you something, man. So, so I have one bad year. Okay. It was atrocious. Don't don't get don't <laughs> mean bad might be an understatement, but I have one bad year, and then all of a sudden now I've lost faith in humanity and football and all things fantasy yo, football. Yo, Boy, no, you sit down. What was your record? Look, man, why are we talking about records? <laughs> because even if I tell you the record, it actually makes it sound better than my year was. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure of what? We played like, what, 13 games, 14 games? Look, like, I won two, I won three games. But you, that you does not that account. Game, you sure? Yes. It okay. does not account for the 10-game losing streak that I had in between the first game of the season winning and then the last two games of the season I won. Yeah, yeah that's how it went. I, I lost 10 straight. 10 straight. It was ridiculous, you know. There was a lot of, uh, so unlu- I would, a lot I would, of luck involved, you know. My enthusiasm would be down as well, given the situation. Nah, man. Anyways, you know what I'm saying? With that said, once again, this year I'm not sure if it's going to uh, fully play out. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of uh, wrenches involved like it's going to be a lot of hurdles and pitfalls this is literally just going to be like assuming that players get injured not injured but assuming that the players will continue to get injured and on top of that have covid have times when they miss a game or two due to a covid quarantine then yes this is going to be a wild fantasy football season I don't like having more random things in a fantasy football season, but to be honest with you, I just now starting just seeing the talks about, Hey man, when are we going to draft? I'm not going to lie. I got excited. I got excited about it, man. Just talking about the draft. Like up until this point, I was like, yeah, I don't know. But now that we're actually talking about drafts and stuff, now it's starting to pique my interest a little bit more. And to be honest with you, I'm not excited for, I'm not excited for the things that I'm usually excited for as far as just like, man, I'm going to build this team. I'm going to do this. I'm kind of just excited to see how it plays out. I mean, well, I mean, who's going to win? Who's going to be the lucky person? 
that doesn't have anybody miss any time with injuries or COVID? Who's going to be the unfortunate person that just gets all the bad juju and all their players leave the roster? Like I had a season one year where I lost five of my starters off my fantasy team to injury. Like who's going to be that guy with all the COVID with the COVID right. uh, games? You know what I'm saying? Who is that? But the, the, the draft, the drafts are even changing. We're going to have, uh, injured reserve spots for for COVID nineteen. This is just adding another element to a game that we all love to play so much that I think once we get into the thick of things, people are actually going to enjoy the changes and the challenges that wow. come with the COVID nineteen. Yeah, man, um, I'm more than excited. I think this year is going to be more important than ever that you know that you actually do research. Um, because gotta dig deep. Because you can't watch you can't watch preseason games for uh, for the preseason game to remind you of a player that you forgot about. Like because now, so now this year, like your um, your list that you created will matter that much more because because you won't hear those random reports of oh so and so had a great get preseason game and now you hear all these reports about how Russ loves this guy or Brady loves that guy and like so now you got all your sleeper picks lined up in a row in blind, because you're man. hearing because you're hearing the gossip talk well the gossip talk will just be the gossip talk by itself without any sort of gameplay to go off of um to be able to draft these players so it'll just be a very interesting season your research needs to be a one this year um especially that oh go ahead go ahead no i was going to say especially given the fact that you need to have um substitutes on top of substitutes like this year more than ever the guy that you draft as a substitute is really important because Chances are your starter that you hope that doesn't go out. He's probably he could get COVID. He could have he could test have a false positive for COVID, and now you don't have Shoot. the guy. He could just be around somebody with COVID, and it's like, yo, this player. Yeah, the last thing, yeah, the like last that's scene, another thing. You know, like, like you could, yeah. like one player could get a COVID, or like somebody in his family could get COVID, and now he's out because he was around somebody that got COVID. Like, so there's a lot of, so like the preparation process is going to be very, very intriguing, man. Well, this, but this is what I'll say, man. I think it's just going to be more important than ever now to know this, to understand the system that these team, that these players, you know, up the system of the team or teams that these players are playing for. Like you have to understand, Hey, is this a system to where the next guy up is going to get the line share and they're just going to play him like the starter? Or is this a system where as soon as the starter goes, you're going to have three running backs in the backfield all sharing time? Like, right. Or, are, will they change their, the, or will they change their approach to the game? Like to where yes, now yeah. we're not running the ball. Now we're doing a whole bunch of passes and not running yeah. at all. You better know the system. You better know the confidence, the level of confidence that the um, – coach has in the play in in the quarterback you're gonna want to know because i mean quarterback gets sick that changes everything that changes the running back stats the wide receiver stats the tight end stats it changes everything you know so you know it's quarterback starting quarterback injuries are not that prevalent throughout the year every year you get you know maybe two or three guys that miss some time 
you could have a moment where you got eight guys out. Right. And people are playing with backups. You better know the backups. You better know you better know the team depth chart. You better know who's who and and who people like. But the crazy thing is like you said, now that we have to delve deeper, but we're gonna have to do it with less information. Definitely a challenge. So Right. Everybody get your subscriptions to, to whatever uh, fantasy football, you know, pages that you need to do. You know what I'm saying? You, maybe you drop a little cash on that thing to try to get a little insider information because that, I mean, this might be a season where that'll pay out. <laughs> yeah. And um, you make sure that you do better than last year because if you don't, Look, Tobias man. is going to be on that ass. Look, man, I'm not worried about Tobias. What he needs to do is either win a championship didn't he win? Not do worse than me. Didn't he win last he year? Either, maybe he did, but he needs to. I'm saying he needs <laughs> to not do worse did. than I me. Look, if he does worse than me, look, everybody did better than me last year. So we win a championship you were compared to me. Look, man, him winning a championship compared to me last year that don't mean shit. Let me tell you something. That man better finish before he better finish ahead of me. He better. Mark, I'm raining down the terror on his ass if he does not finish above me. If this motherfucker, even for a week, is below me, I'm going to be on his head. I'm telling you right now. Okay. All right. So, hey, 750, you heard it here first. The the Sean-Tobias rivalry lives on. Can't wait to see it play out in action. Oh, let, let me get let me get let me get a lead for like a week on them first before we start calling it a rivalry. Right now, I just got my head bashed in by everybody recently. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, there is no rivalry right now. You know, especially if you want to chip. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't, and I finished dead last. Not really a rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you but, sound like Daniel you know, Cormier now. <laughs> hey, I'm doing it without the tears though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, don't don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. You know what I'm saying? But. I'm telling you right now, if you think like I had to, I had to eat everything last year because I wasn't even winning games, bro. That shit was rough on me, man. And that yeah. motherfucker made sure he spoon fed me every week too. He was out there looking for me, like dog. Wait a minute, playoff picture. What the fuck, Sean do? What what's what's Solo Dolo do? What do you do, man? Oh man, look at him, bottom feed. Actually, I don't even know if I want to say that anymore after this last WAP <laughs> video that just came out. As uh, a matter of fact, yeah, let me let me change my wording on that. Hey man, listen, that that video is beautiful. Haven't seen a view have, oh. ha, haven't seen a video I enjoyed that much since Tip Drill. But all right. So it was amazing. It was. So probably gonna watch it as soon as we offer this. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> give give your right hand a rest. Um so hey, man. <laughs> it, anyway, man. I think that's all I got for this one. Uh, how about you? Anything yeah, else? I'm done, man. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let you know right now, dog. If we, if this if this is going to be a regular thing, you bring up my record that's in the past, you know what I'm saying? Can we leave the things that are in the past in the past, you know what I'm saying? Look, if I come out the gate in this joint, give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Look, man. You act like I don't be having good seasons all the time. You act oh. like I didn't just recently win a championship. And it's just like, oh no, you trash homie. Well, <laughs> preview to the fan preview to the fans out there, people that are listening. Uh, we will be having uh 
FLCN will be starting up when fantasy starts up. So every week people will hear exactly what your score is and we will be giving our takes on why it was that way, why you picked the players that you picked, uh, why you made the ads and the drops that you did or why you attempted trades that you did, whether or not they went through. We will be having all that in our fantasy league coverage. So, yeah, man, um, I will be talking about you every single week. So that'll so look forward to that, man. I mean, I'm a one. Listen, let me knock on some wood real quick because in general, in general, because <laughs> I have to put the caveat out there. In general, I'm usually a one. Like I, I get to the playoffs and I always in the hunt to the to win. Um, so, but we'll see, man, um, how this season goes. But with that being said, man, I want to just say goodnight to everyone out there. If you are watching us on YouTube, you can check us out also on your DSPs. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are also on, uh, Breaker, Anchor, and, uh, you can find us on Podlink as well for easy access. Um, and for those that are listening, you can check us out on YouTube, the iTest Network. Um, link, like, subscribe, follow on your DSPs. We appreciate it. All right, man. I think that's all I got. Did I miss anything? No, man. Knocked it out the park, man. I appreciate that, brother. I think this was an excellent podcast. You knocked it out the park. We great conversation as usual. Love talking to you, bro. Man, you you definitely pressed the buttons to get me fired up on this one. But yes, <laughs> but definitely pleasure as always, man. All right, man. So with that being said, good night, everybody.